0: I woke up this morning to an article my wife had shared with me uh, in my text. I, I noticed that uh, sometime over the night she had shared a link to a Facebook article uh, showing where Israel now has a number of red heifers in their possession. And uh, there's, um, there's some interesting implications to this that uh, that some of you obviously are well aware of, but for those who are not, Uh, The red heifer is uh, part of the offering system that God had given Israel you can read about it in uh, Numbers 19, first handful of verses, 19, and uh, it is part of the Mosaic system. And uh, it is not something that is generally referred to as often as, you know, Passover lambs and things like this, but it is still a significant thing uh today it happens to be a very significant thing for a number of reasons in times past and uh, certainly under the mosaic law there's a connection with the ashes of the red heifer that are involved in purification rites for sin and that. Uh, there's typology of christ in this and and uh and that that's an exciting thing um but in terms of uh in terms of israel's excitement about having possession of a number of red heifers that no doubt will go through the process of inspection to see if one is uh, as required uh, unblemished, untainted in any way uh, and useful therefore for again purification rites. Now you may have noticed that for the last couple thousand years since 70 AD there has not been a temple in Jerusalem in which to do offerings and sacrifices uh, under Titus uh, 70 AD and the Roman legions came in as Jesus predicted in Matthew 24 uh, uh, and also in uh, Luke uh, 19 there is the there was a destruction of the temple Uh, and rabbinical tradition uh, holds that not only is the are the ashes of the red heifer part of the mosaic system for purification in regard to sin but also there is the expectation that the ashes of the red heifer will be used to purify the next temple when it is built the third temple and so there have been a number of red heifers I think nine since the destruction of the temple that have come on the scene if I remember that correctly or was it I think nine have been slaughtered in their history since the first temple I guess I need to read up on that again a little bit but there's been only a certain number of these uh, that have come on the scene uh each time a new one comes on the scene there's always you know a fervor that surrounds it because they're they're seen as being directly in connection with the possibility of building their third temple now one of the reasons for this and this is uh this is one of the reasons why there's so much excitement when a red heifer makes news um is that the rabbinic tradition is holding that when the tenth red heifer is found to be uh, is found and, and is inspected and is ready, the tradition is that the Messiah himself will slaughter this final tenth red heifer in the Messianic period upon his arrival, uh, and the temple will be there and all this kind of thing. So, um, now, of course, with all of the geopolitics involved in building a third temple and all that kind of thing, that all, all notwithstanding, um, the idea that one is that, that there is potentially a red heifer on the scene now that can be used to reintroduce uh, some of the offerings and sacrifices, uh, purification of the temple, all of these kinds of things is a very exciting thing. Um, if no, if for no other reason, then it just it, it increases this messianic fervor among the Jewish people. Now. I also wanted to uh, mention, too, that uh, my wife had actually sent me two of these uh, articles. The second one was a, sort of an on the street, a man on the street interview, uh, which I think took place in Israel, but a guy with a microphone asking folks, What would it mean to you if the temple, the third temple, was built? What if it was, it was built today? What, how would that change your life and that kind of thing? You know, what would be the significance? And um, I found it fascinating that you know, for some, there was you know some of somewhat what you would imagine to be kind of an orthodox response to that. It's like, oh, we can, you know, worship again and all this kind of thing, and the world will see the true God and everything. Um, but there was a a large number of folks that were interviewed. I mean, there was hundreds, but of the you know dozen or so people, I think, or fifteen people that they interviewed, a pretty fair number of those, about half, as I recall. Um, you know, spoke about the temple as being a place for people of all faiths and religions to come and to worship their God, because after all, we're all, you know, as they would go on to say, many of them, uh, you know, we're all worshiping the same God, just different names and different words and terminology, but it's all the same God, and the temple becomes now a place where we can all gather together and worship God, uh, you know, and pray to Him and all that kind of thing, regardless of your religious connection. Um, And that, of course, is very telling in regard to the 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 condition the the mental and spiritual state of the people of israel um when the temple is finally built and it will be built paul talks about uh you know in in, uh, second thessalonians chapter 2 that the man of sin the son of perdition will go into the temple of god and declare himself to be god and demand to be worshipped above all that is called god Uh, so we know there will be a temple when Jesus himself spoke of this in Matthew 24, 15, he speaks of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. Um, and so there is a very clear understanding that, that this temple will come to be. Uh, there are very significant and obvious reasons why, um, uh, why the um, Antiochus Epiphanes desecrating the temple in 165 B.C., uh, did not fit the bill, did not fit the qualifications for what Jesus was talking about because, first and foremost, Jesus spoke about it after Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, the second uh, uh, event that is generally pointed to as, as being a potential fulfillment of those words is, is the destruction of the Temple in 70 AD under Titus Vespasian. Uh, but no image was set up in the holy place. And, of course, when you read Revelation 13, you realize it's not just that there's a temple and a holy place and an abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. But in the Revelation, John also says, in connection with that abomination, there's also a mark of the beast, there is a false prophet on the scene. Uh, The image is not just standing in the holy place, but life is breathed into it. And so there's a lot that goes on around this idea. Um, so So we know a third temple will be built. Uh, yeah, according to scripture and so when that happens what is interesting and I think worth noting in this discussion is that when the temple is built and uh, the people of the world if in fact this is how it plays out where the temple is sort of uh, uh, made available to all people of all faiths to come into worship uh, which by the way is this common discussion about this temple uh, uh, and so you can you know you can read about that kind of thing but if that in fact happens then it just demonstrates the potential for deception among God's chosen people. When the Antichrist comes on the scene, in Daniel chapter nine verse twenty-seven, there's mention of uh, there's mention of a covenant, a treaty that is signed between Antichrist and God's people. Uh, and it is very likely. It is not explicitly stated, but it is very likely that this this covenant will have something to do with them building their uh, their third temple. And uh, and and. Bring the offerings back and everything because when he goes into the temple he causes the offerings and sacrifices to cease he violates that covenant that he signs with them three and a half years in this is the seven year 70th week of daniel that we're talking about the seven year period of time that uh, that, uh the starting point of which is the signing of that covenant by antichrist in israel uh uh, the breaking of that covenant happens in the middle of the week when he goes in and, and, and causes the offerings and sacrifices to cease. This is presumably exactly the thing that uh, Paul is talking about here in 2 Thessalonians 2. Um, and so at that point, uh, he begins to persecute Israel. when they flee to the mountains. Now, that's that's what's coming. Uh, what is tragic, among the tragic things in that, that, uh, is that in that list of events that is going to unfold, is that Israel will welcome uh, this person, this uh, this likely Assyrian Hebrew, potentially, interestingly, uh, maybe even connection with the Nephilim. You know, if I can introduce that concept in this as well, um, being uh, somebody that Israel receives and embraces. Jesus sort of made reference to this when he said, "You know, I've come in my Father's name, and, and you don't receive me, but one will come in his own name, and him you will receive." Uh, making a sort of uh, reference to the Antichrist that will come one day, I believe. When they receive Him, they will be glad and celebrating and worshiping once again. And, and, uh, matter of fact, today if you ask, uh, you know, an Israeli, like, how will you know Messiah has come? One of the common answers you'll get is that uh, they will say that He will allow them to build their temple. And so, these are significant times to be paying attention to. now. Again, yeah, there have been other red heifers that have come along and nothing has come of it. Um, I don't know whether it's been because they found a blemish or it just, you know, um, they couldn't, they weren't ready to build the temple, whatever the reason was. But one of these times, it's, it's entirely possible that this will have something to do with them building the temple. They are expecting to utilize the ashes of the red heifer to purify it as part of the ceremonial rites and purifying the temple and preparing it for use. Uh, on top, of, of course, the... Uh, as numbers describes in regards to you know, purification for sin and that kind of thing. And so, so it's worthwhile to pay attention to some of this and just be aware of what's going on in this regard because there will be a push among many uh, who want to see a third temple built to really capitalize on this opportunity. And so just watch the news link in there so you can see sort of some of the early discussions now that they have one uh, and uh, but i would encourage you to do some reading on that read uh, numbers 19 and, and familiarize yourself with some of this but uh, it's exciting times just another reminder of how things are uh, moving in the direction of fulfilling that which the scriptures say will happen in the last days so i just want to take a in and share that thanks to my wife for bringing those to my attention this morning and I'm on my way to a men's breakfast right now with some of the guys, and no doubt this will be a topic of discussion. And uh, so anyway, we're excited about that, but just wanted to share that with you. So Father, we thank you for the times in which we're living and the fact that you've called us to be living in these times. We uh, pray that Lord, we would be among those who pay attention and are aware of what's going on around us, that we would be considering how the dots all connect as we move forward, uh, and the closer and closer to the fulfilling of that which you have said in your word would come to pass. Uh, it is exciting, and we're very thankful that we're living these days. And most of all, we're thankful that one day soon the bridegroom is going to come and snatch away his bride, and we will be with him forever, and then ultimately return with him uh, to fulfill, ultimately, the introduction of the Messianic Kingdom as promised. And so there's just so much to look forward to. and Things like this just stoke our excitement, and we're thankful for it. So, Father, we just praise you and bless you as we uh, study your word and look into these things, and we look outside and see what's going on. Uh, We do pray that we would be excited, that we would be longing and looking very much forward to seeing Jesus. So thank you for this.